Hey there, I'm Brother Donnie Spano, and I'm so thankful that we have this time for faith for today. And together we're looking at the promised land. These are some things that I sense in my spirit are so imperative for right now. I sense this is a year that many, if they would be willing and obey God, that they would find themselves more abundant in this year than in previous times. And uh, as a ministry, as uh, uh, personally, my wife Tamara and I, we have seen this. We know this, that there are things God has enabled us because of being willing and obeying that we've tapped into some things that is beyond where we've been. And uh, just recently we had Brother Daniel Owens and he representing their ministry, uh, Made Right Ministries, MRM, that they uh, had some time with us and and um, we discussed and he was sharing some things in that broadcast about how God has wonderfully, miraculously moved in their lives, um, in healing him, in uh, uh, causing there to be a provision like there was not before. There's some, some movements going on. And uh, it's no different than what the children of Israel were being called to do in going into the promised land. They were being called into a greater level of living. Do you want to come into a greater level of living? Now notice they had food before, right? But they didn't have a land that flowed with milk and honey. They were being called into a place with greater provision. They were also being called to have greater challenges that would meet them as they stepped into that place. So if you and I are willing to go to a greater level of living, then we also have to be willing to face some greater challenges, to use this faith that God has given us and to continue fighting a good faith fight and not being moved by circumstances, but continuing to overcome the God of this world, Satan, the deceiver, and overcome all things that would oppose us in the right godly way, in the way of compassion. And so together, let's go ahead and release faith because I believe we've started to lay a foundation of this, but I believe there's some things we need to continue and complete this if we can in this session. So if you would, use your faith with me and let's together get faith for today through these scriptures. Thank you, Father. We come together to you and we thank you where two or three are gathered together in the name of Jesus. There you are, Father, in the midst and presence of us. And Father, we're asking for the helping of your Spirit, that He would anoint me to speak what is right here, and that we would see your Scriptures clearly, fully, by the helping of Him, the Holy Spirit, as our teacher. Thank you for this. Thank you. I'm asking together, Father, that there would be grace, your grace to speak this well and to hear it right, that we would have your knowledge increasing in us and that it would effectually cause us to be fruitful for you in these days. Thank you for it, Father. We believe we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's as simple as it has to be to get God to hear you and you receive from him you can thank him in true faith knowing he has heard you and he's working on it right like that now let's go together to numbers the 13th chapter 
And a lot of this, as I mentioned before, has been covered in that uh, virtual guest with Daniel Owens. You can hear some of these same things, but we want to make sure, you know, a lot of people did not see that. And um, we just want to make sure just because we heard it once doesn't mean we got it. So I want to make sure that we do get it right. So here it says, And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Send you men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel. So the problem wasn't, did God give it? He's saying, I have given it. It's a promise. I've promised it to them. Notice there are things that are promised to us. They are actually ours. They're for us. Uh, and it's up to you and I on whether we actually enjoy them. We actually take them, receive them, and actually be doers of that way. There's actually a plan and purpose that God's already written out for our life, but it's up to you and I whether we fulfill it. His plans, His purposes for us, they don't just come and overtake us. We must willingly obey and receive and do those very things. And so here He gave this to the children of Israel, and it says, Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every a man every one a ruler among them so these aren't beginners these are the leaders now let's take into account just let's say the united states of america if if there were 12 states of the united states of america and each one of those states had a representative that's what this looks like you have moses who's the overseer right at this point in time he talks with god now he's being told of God, now you send out 12 representatives for this nation. And so 12 people are going out and they are the representatives of this entire nation, which is God's people. So these aren't just nobodies. These are the, if you had all, th these are millions of people now. I want to say nearly 5 million people at this time when you're talking about these tribes. And you have 12 people that are representing all these millions. These are prominent people. And then I say that for good reason. Prominent people can miss God. We must all check our heart. We must all be led of Him for ourselves. You can't miss. If someone else misses God, you can keep yourself by hearing from Him for yourself too. And that's very important. You know, anything that someone else gets for us or in connection with us, we'll also get it on the inside of us because we are spirit and we have his spirit. Now, this doesn't mean that we can't submit and yield in helping. If I'm to help someone, then I'm to help them the way they want to be helped, not the way I hear from God and decide. You see the separation between the two. But when it has to do with us personally, then we really do need to check our heart, guard our heart and keep it and hear from God for ourselves it's very important and then anything else our leaders and authorities get will back up will be a supporting witness to what we already have now in continuation of that so we see these rulers are being sent out and Moses by the commandment of the Lord sent them from the wilderness of Paran all those men were heads of the children of Israel now let's go up to verse number 17 and we're going to go uh, 17 through 33, but I'm going to quickly read this. I encourage you, if you have the time, read this 13th chapter, read this 14th chapter, and we'll read another chapter. Take the time. If you have the time and you can get the scriptures before you, 
read it. It will invoke more in you in regards to these matters. And here in the 17th verse we see, And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said to them, Get you up this way southward, go up into the mountain, and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell therein, wherein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be you of good courage. Does it take courage to faithfully do what God calls you to do? Yes, it does. Anytime you and I live a lifestyle of faith, we're going to have to tap into courage. And that means you're going to have to overcome fear every time. And he said, be of good courage and bring of the fruit of the land. Why say that? Because there are giants in that land. There are many other tribes. In order to get the fruit, you got to go by these groups. And it's amazing that in 40 days they were untouched because they courageously did what God told them to do. And they walked back. You have to think, two guys are holding grapes, as we'll see here. And they're untouched, unseen, unnoticed, un unhindered at all. And if God will do that for you for 40 days, He'll spare you for a lifetime if He told you to be there. And so, continuing in this, it said, uh, Be you of good courage, bring in the fruit of the land. And it says, The time was the time of the first ripe grapes. Now we'll go down to verse number 23. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they came to the brook of Eshcol, and cut down from there a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bear it between two upon a staff. And they... Brought of the pomegranates. Will you do me a favor? Will you just cut that fan from me for a moment? Thank you so much. And um, they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eshkol because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from there. And it said they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and they came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word to them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came to the land where you sent us and surely it flows with milk and honey and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, now this is where they separated themselves from the task they were given to what they took upon themselves. And you and I, we can find this every time. If we go outside of what God told us to do, we cannot be successful. We're not graced to do something He did not tell us to do. And this is where people get burned out in ministry and in professions, in any work, is when we've gone and done something God never directed us to do. And you and I know it's very easy to just accept doing this thing and that thing. It's very easy to get caught up doing something we're not supposed to do. We're not directed to do. And if we only have so much time and we only have so much grace for that task and we use it for something else, then we don't have it for the right thing. And that's an issue. And here they weren't told to determine and give an opinion on whether they could uh, be victorious here or not. They were told to look at the land. 
They were told to survey it. That's all. And this is something that you and I will find. God's not looking for your and my innovation. He's not looking for us to go above and beyond what he told us to do. Why do I say that? Much of this generation is going to tell us that that is who they're looking for. They're looking for successful people who are not just going to do what they're told, but they're going to surpass it. They are going to be innovative and go beyond it. And they will try and get us to believe that is a faithful group of people. It's not. It is not. Faithful people do it God's way. Just as He directs it, we will not add to it. We will not take away from it. And you know what? That looks very plain. And to a lot of people, very boring. But I'm telling you, in God's eyes, this is what secures us in His will. This is what causes us to be effective, full of grace, enabled to do limitless works. It's because we stay in our place and we're not adding to it. We're not taking from it. We're not looking to be innovative and go beyond what we're asked to do or directed to do. No, we're going to be laborers together with God and we're going to do what He says, how He says, just as He says and shows us. And that's complete and entire. We leave it at that. And that's what He's looking for. Faithfulness will do it the way it's shown, will speak it the way it's heard. That's faithfulness. So now, they come to this place and they're saying, Nevertheless, excuse me, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people. He went, hold on, hold on, hold on, everybody. He stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up when? At once. Let us go up right now. There's something we're going to see about faith. Is that now faith is. When you and I hear something from God, because faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the word of the Lord. When God says something to us, it comes on the inside of you and I, and there will be something we see from what we've heard, and it will cause us to see now. We can do this now. We can have this now. It's not looking hope. What it's doing is it's giving substance. It's making a material out of what could be hoped for, what could be expected. There's nothing wrong with good Bible hope. That puts an expectation for future, but when there's something you hear from God, and there's faith that comes by that hearing, it takes all that hope and it brings it together and it materializes it into something that you and I see on the inside. And it causes us to know now is the time. Let's go get it. Let's go do it. We can have it when? Now. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, let's go up at once. Hallelujah. Let's go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. He saw the same things. He knew the same problems that were right there facing them. And let's be honest. These other ten that were bringing up what the Lord called an evil report, they were bringing reasonable objections. They were not 
completely foolish in what they're saying. Let's be honest. They got individuals that are twice as much in height and size. A lot of these guys were 10 feet tall. And they're thinking, that's a big deal. That's We're like grasshoppers. These are reasonable uh, estimations. If you go by flesh, most people would say, man, they're right on. But God saw the heart of it. And if he told you, hey, you're supposed to have this, it doesn't matter what's there. It doesn't matter what's in the way. It comes to the issue of trust in the heart. The circumstances don't matter when God has promised this to you. When he says and he puts it in your heart and you know it inside you, we're, going, we're supposed to do this. Then it doesn't matter what seems to be coming up and piling up and surrounding and enforcing and constricting and blocking you off from that place in that, that time. It doesn't matter. Why? Because you are well able to overcome. Not by you, because God has promised this to you. It is the promised land. And we'll find, if it's in these scriptures, it's promised to you and I. And we can take hold on it just like that. And so, here he is and he's saying, We are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people. Now you can't get any further in disagreement. One saying, we can do it now. The other saying, no way, no how, never. There's no further in disagreement. And um, they continue to say, they are stronger than we, they were saying. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched to the children of Israel, saying, this is why it was evil, because they were saying, the land through which we have gone to search it, it is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And they went on and said that they were giants that we saw. And we were like grasshoppers in their sight. And it's very interesting because the very land that they say consumes people, that's what happened to them. The way they looked at it and what they spoke over it, God said, I heard what you spoke and I'm going to cause what you spoke to happen. And their very own words was what created their reality and created what their life became. Now, I say that because God called what they were saying. The good land he was giving them, they called it evil. It was good to God and they called it bad. They said, it's a murderous land. It will eat you up if you go into it. And God had already said, I called it good. I made it good. So they're calling God a liar. They don't realize they're doing it, I don't think. But they are. God says it's good. They say no way. That's an issue. So now let's continue in this. Let's go to Numbers 14 for time's sake. And 14 verse 1. And it said, All the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore has the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, let us return to Egypt. 
Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. This is a right response for us as leaders. When they are seeking to revolt, when they're seeking to rebel, we need to enter into the place where we dwell. We need to come and pray and seek the Father, seek His face, and allow Him alone because it's His fight to let His glory infuse that place. And this is something as I was uh, talking with Brother Daniel Owens, he had mentioned this. He, he had talked about how the Lord had led him to study revivals, past revivals. And one of the things that he, the Lord was showing him and he took note of, that there were two major qualities in these past revivals. One of which was a purity, was a holiness. It was a righteousness. Now you and I, when we're made pure and holy, it's because we have believed on Jesus and that faith in Him has made us righteous. He became sin for our sin and by that there was this transfer where the very righteousness that He embodied comes upon us. And we embody and become the very righteousness of God. And I remember as I was sharing with my wife and talking about this, I recalled Brother Smith Wigglesworth. And there's a book that he wrote entitled Ever Increasing Faith. And it goes over much of, of the things that happened in his life and ministry. And, and I recalled how there'd be a lot of times in those days, in those reviving years of his life and time, that there would be people, he'd be on a train going somewhere there in, in London or in that, those areas, and there'd be someone that would be so taken aback. They would sense the Spirit of God on him and in that place that they would repent of their sins right there in that public setting. And there was this awe-inspiring reverence for God that produced out of this righteousness. That's not done. People alongside you at work, they'll sense this. They'll sense there's something different about them. There's something different about that place. They'll sense God. And it will draw them to the Lord Himself. And the second quality was prayer. And that's what we see here. They are entering in the prayer. And one of the things that Caleb talks about, he, he says, if we be right before God, if God be pleased with us, then these giants, they're bread for us. They'll, he'll give them to us. It's nothing for us. What? If we be right. There's some great strength. You know, the righteous, it says they're bold as a lion. That's what we're seeing. That there is this confidence that comes with, with clearing of oneself. When you are clear before God and you know He's for you, look out world. You're a world overcomer. Hallelujah. And so here they're praying. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them, that searched the land, they ripped their clothes. So they are uh, following the suit of their leaders. And they spake to all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it, it's an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us a land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not you against the Lord. Neither fear you the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. And it says, All the congregation bade the stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And then the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And he goes on to talk about how he will disinherit them and make a new nation. 
So God has more than one way that He can do a thing. And if there are those that will rebel and resist God in His way and resist going into the promised land, then He'll do it another way. Now, if we go to the 20th verse, and I'm looking at time. I know we got more to see here. The Lord said, I've pardoned your word. And you don't have to put this up. I'm going to kind of roll through. And um, the 21st verse says, I guess you could put up the 21st verse. That will be good. Sorry. <laughs> now, I'm going to slow down a little bit. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. 22nd verse, because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear to their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him. What spirit? Spirit of faith. And has followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land whereunto he went and his seed shall possess it. So the Lord said he followed him fully. And he had another spirit. The faithful spirit is the spirit that will go until the end. Will follow fully with God. It won't turn back no matter how hard it gets. No matter how hard it looks. It will. Hallelujah. Persevere and go long and stay strong. And it's by the goodness and the grace of God that it can do so. Now, let's go to Numbers 32, verse number 1. And as we're going there, I'm going to go to Exodus 19 real quick as well. Excuse me. <clears throat> now, so we're going to Numbers 32. And I want you to see, let's go ahead. Again, we covered some of this. Go ahead to verse number... <clears throat> Hallelujah. Six, verse number six of Numbers 32. And as we're going there, I'm going to read to you Exodus 19. And um, Moses had told them, do nothing for three days. And do you want me to go through this, Lord? Okay. And the Lord said to Moses, Lo, I come unto you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you, and believe you forever. And Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, it says in Exodus 19, 9. And so then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people, sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes, and be ready against the third day, for the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people unto Mount Sinai. And you shall set bounds to the people. It said that they would that they wouldn't touch the mount that he was coming around. And he, Moses went down, told the people this, told them to sanctify themselves. And the 16th verse says, And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. Hallelujah. And it said that uh, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai, 20th verse, on the top of the mount. And the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. 
And um, it says, thank you, Father. They, um, thank you, Father. Now, one of the things we'll see, and I'm, I'm looking for it here without taking up too much time just for the broadcast's sake. But the people here is seeing the very presence of God. God is showing himself to them and God is speaking to them. In other places, it shows that the people said, Moses, you speak to us, but don't let God speak to us lest we die. They had just as much of God as they wanted to see and hear. And that's how it is with you and I today. You and I can have just as much relationship with God as we want. It's not an issue between Him, whether He wants it. It's as much as you want. It's as much as I want. If we want more relationship with Him, we can have it. We can enter into it. We can enjoy it. But they had seen just the glory of God was His presence. He's there. And they had just as much as His presence as they wanted. And this is why they didn't want the promised land. They didn't want it enough to go all the way and to fully follow Him because they had just as much of God in their life as they wanted. And so now here in 32, we're looking at verse 6. And Moses said to the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war and shall you sit here? And wherefore discourage you the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord has given them? There are... Yes, sir. Okay. Thus did your fathers, 8th verse, when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. So he's saying the same thing that's going on here. You're supposed to go with your brothers in these tribes and fight and take your inheritance. What is he saying? Right now. It's not time for you to sit while they go and fight this faith fight and get their promised land. You need to get up. You need to go get your inheritance, he's saying. And he's saying this was the same spirit that was working in your forefathers when they decided they weren't going to go into the promised land. And he said, um, for when they went up unto the valley of Eshcol, ninth verse, and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel that they should not go into the land which the Lord had given them. And the Lord's anger was kindled the same time, and he sware, saying, Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from twenty years old and upward shall see the land which I swear to Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. Save Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenansite, and Joshua the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. Go with me, in closing, I believe, to Joshua 14, verses, verse 6, Joshua 14, 6. And we find here that, as we've gone through those scriptures, there were the mass representatives of the tribes of Israel that did not wholly follow the Lord. They had a portion of God that they were good with, and when God was calling them to a greater level of living, they thought, no, we're okay. We'd actually rather go back, if you don't mind. We'd like to digress and go where you brought us from. God's going, come on, let's advance and let's go forward. And they're going, mm, no, I'm good. Let's stay here. Let's go back, actually. You want to go back, God? 
If God's calling us forward, there's no other way. No other way that shall be successful. No other way if we're to please Him, we must go forward. We must advance. And here in 14, let's go up for time's sake. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at... Verse 6. I think I told you that. I'm catching up. It said, Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Canaanite said to him, You know the thing that the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning me and you in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. This is what discouragement does. Made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swear on that day, Surely the land whereon your foot have trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word to Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, Lord, look, I am this day eighty-five years old, fourscore and five. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. And uh, as my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him, and gave Caleb the son of Jephunneh Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite to this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. The connection in wholly following God was the willingness to look at doing something that seemed extraordinary. Ordinary people couldn't see doing it. You had to go beyond what they saw in order to do it. And to wholly follow him, he had to be able to look at something at the age of 40 and still look at it the same way 45 years later. And there are some people I sense they've been looking at something for that kind of length of time. And it's time now to look at it again and to start stepping to get hold of that and do that now. And there are some people not looking or, you know, struggling to look at something Listen, just because you're looking at it now doesn't mean you have to do it tomorrow, but it is important you be ready and you start looking because 45 years from now, the Lord tarries is coming. You may need to do this. And you're gonna, it, how we look at it now, how we follow after God, that's what it's about. Do we trust Him enough to get our eyes on this thing and be willing and obey Him and do it? and go and you'll find that kind of faith kept this man with strength kept this man alive 45 years later he's as strong at 85 as he was when he's 40 you got the life of God flowing through your veins when you got that going on and I know for time's sake we're wrapping up here hallelujah I sense some people are really getting this something that uh, brother Daniel Owens again he shared he was talking about how the Lord had wonderfully blessed 
them in this year and I, I wish there was more time where they could share that in that last broadcast but maybe in time to come they'll do that and they'll, they'll get that out but um, one of the things he mentioned that I sense I'm at liberty to, to share is um, he had talked about the abundance in this time frame and there's been prophecies that have gone forth about this time um, for time's sake I won't go into all but but one of the things he shared was about what had occurred in the scriptures in Job's life and in Job's life in that year's time drastic things occurred he lost family he lost resources his own health and wellness went down and yet there was a great turning in his life and in the life of those that were connected to him when he prayed for them and you if you take the time to read it you find they judged Job they they thought obviously if all this is going wrong in his life he did wrong and he did God wrong and he he's being punished and it was wrong and the very person that they were judging was the very one that needed to pray for them and when Job prayed for them it said that the Lord turned his captivity and things changed in his life and I say that because I know uh, tomorrow my wife and I we've had this very opportunity in fact we were sharing with with the Owens and we've released faith there's some things that we need to do and and one of the things that had occurred in this whole time frame was we had an investment property can I share that Lord that we were we have a tenant someone staying there professed believer and they just stopped paying rent just quit altogether and of course you know said they would said they, and we were gracious and good with them merciful and it just went on and we had property you know managers that took care of some things for us and and they just left it you know one day we we find pictures they leave trash outside the house you know and they're, they're gone left the note and i was talking with tomorrow and we were talking about how thankful we are that god has allowed us to be merciful this is why it's so important to believe god for more than enough because then when people act ungodly it doesn't break you and you can move forward and you can be merciful and you can enter into compassion for people like you wouldn't do if that meant everything to you and I, I was thanking God and we were and mentioning how thankful I am that he enabled us to be merciful with them to be gracious with them and um, and I, I recalled and I was mentioning in that time how the Lord had made this in his scriptures that any that the thief owes seven times what was stolen <laughs> since I'm, I'm talking to some people has something been stolen from you has there been some things that were taken from you they it was owed it was yours and it was taken satan is an influencer you might think that person owes me yeah but they were being influenced there's something beyond that. There's something deeper than that. And spiritually, you can go to the root of the issue and go, Hey, thief, you owe me seven times. And I was just mentioning that scripture and it came on inside of me. And I said, that's why we're owed and I claim this much. And it was seven times in amount that this whole thing had cost us and taken from us. <laughs> And I won't go into all the details just because some things are still going to be finalized in days to come and that. And in time, I'll share more. 
But we saw in just days time after that, that we're going in and doing a deal and, and within just a short amount of time, the very price of a thing that we're going to buy came down those thousands of dollars that would just happen to be seven times the amount that was taken. <laughs> Praise God. I sense that's getting on you, my friends. Hey, if he has the thief, Jesus said, I am come that you may have life and you may have, have it more abundantly. The thief comes. Jesus is not the thief. God the Father is not coming to steal from you. Satan, your enemy, my enemy, the adversary of our soul, he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I'm going to tell you today, if he has stolen, he owes you. And you can put a claim on it right now. Say, Father God, I believe it. Find it. You can find that scripture. Search it out. And right now, Satan, I bind you up. And I take back what's mine. And I forgive all of all. I hold nothing against any. I, that person there that owed me that, I forgive them. I loose them. But now I'm releasing faith. I call that a seed sown. And I take authority over the enemy. Satan, you're a thief. And you owe me seven times that amount right now. I claim it out of this world, out of this earth's resources. It's coming to me in many ways in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for it. And now, Father, I pray for all these, any of these ones who have seemed so hard and seemed so lost. Father, I ask that you'd send forth laborers to them. I ask that you'd surround them with good witnesses in Jesus' name. Help them to see you for who you are. What are we talking about? This is what Job did. This is how he's turning captivity in Christians' lives today. Can you see it, my friends? Praise God. That's all our time for this message. We love you. We bless you, my friends. We will see you soon.